Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Health Perspectives podcast brought to you by Northeast Georgia Health System in beautiful Gainesville, Georgia. I'm your host, Marie Kruger, and I am so excited about today's topic. We are going to be discussing social media trends and can we trust them? This is something that I have thought about for a really long time because I'm on social media and there's a lot of information out there. So let me introduce you guys to our guest today. We have Dr. Philip Kimsey with us today. Hey, Dr. Kimsey. Hello. Thanks Glad for to coming. Be here. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for coming. Uh, Dr. Kimsey is board certified in family medicine. He is also an adjunct faculty member with our family medicine residency program. And he also uh, has his own functional medicine practice. And I want to hear more about that in a minute. So that's really interesting. Thanks for being here. We also have Dr. Donna Lee with us. Hey, Dr. Lee. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to see you. Uh, Dr. Lee is a family medicine resident, and this is her intern year with us at NGHS. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right, guys. There is, um, maybe you've heard of it, uh, TikTok. You guys heard of TikTok before? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. We all know what TikTok is. So there is some really interesting trends on TikTok that I have seen that has uh, it's caused some questions in my mind. But before we get into some of these fun trends, um, I want to hear what you guys think about social media in terms of healthcare. It seems to me that you might get patients that come to you and say, hey, I looked this up on social media or I saw a video about my condition on social media and this is what I've been trying. What are you guys seeing out there when it comes to these things? I just started my residency, but I already saw a number of patients who bring up these things they looked up online or saw online and want to do that instead of taking, you know, the, the medication that we offer. Um, right. Uh, sometimes my go-to saying is, if as long as it doesn't harm you um, and you think it's working for you, um, I'm okay with that. But I also don't have, you know, evidence-based outcomes and results, what does what that does to your body. Right. So I'm always kind of questioning um, the effect of those trends. Yes. But what's great is that they're coming to see you and they're telling you that they're doing these things. That's the key, right? Yes. That open communication. Yes. So, Dr. Kimsey, I understand you have a few statistics you want to share. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, with social media, I'm, uh, I use social media for my functional medicine practice. And so it's, a, I guess, a positive and a negative. Um, and we as physicians in the clinic um, have to face that with our patients. And they come in with some of the bizarre end of the spectrum to other things that uh, they have actually picked up on and said, hey, I was having these symptoms and I wasn't sure. And so I looked and that prompted me to come to you. So it, that's a positive that works Good point. Uh, to um, to our benefit and helping them. And it helps the uh, them as well. But yeah, there, there are uh, statistics. It's a recent survey by Quest Laboratory, the, the um, at least nationally known uh, laboratory that uh, uh, processes labs uh, drawn by providers' offices, said that 52% of people say they utilize internet searches to get medical advice, while 22% get health advice from social media influencers. So a little difference there from uh, internet searches versus social media influencers. And the, um, the number of individuals can be classified into different groups uh, as those who actually seek out social media influencers for their health care, like the baby, baby boomers who are 60 and older, only about 3% of them seek out uh, their health care advice from uh, social media influencers. The uh, Gen Xers, which are the 40 to 50 year olds, uh, 18%. Mm -hmm. 
the and then uh, then it jumps up from 18 percent to 39 percent of the millennials. These are people in their 20s, mid 20s to 40s. And then you got your Gen Zers, which are mid 20s and younger and about 40 percent. Wow. Of the Gen Zers seek out medical advice from social media influencers. But uh, I guess the good news out of all of that uh, is that the largest percentage of any of these groups are still seeking their advice from people, uh, getting their advice from people who are actually qualified to be giving it. And uh, 63% of those individuals are going to healthcare providers, professionals including 44% of those Gen Zers who use social media influencers, 44% of them are going to doctors and qualified healthcare professionals to actually get help that they may need. So that's a positive trend. That is a positive trend. And look, I love that you're thinking about the positive side of it. That's wonderful. Um, You know, when I introduced you, um, I mentioned that you own a functional medicine practice. I don't know that I've heard of functional medicine. Mm. What exactly is that? Yeah, functional medicine... Um, has actually been in existence probably for uh, formalized for about 20 years in a formal fashion, but actually it's probably been around longer than that. It falls under the umbrella of uh, one of the integrative medicine practices, which is a, a combination of conventional medicine, uh, like a, a, an MD or a DO and what we go to school for to learn, as well as uh, a lot of uh, thinking and tenets of holistic medicine. And holistic medicine you know, is characterized by the treatment of the whole person uh, taking into account the mental and social factors rather than just the symptoms of the illness. And so it's a blend of those two. And there's there's several different definitions of functional medicine, but we like to refer to it as uh, root cause medicine. Okay. A lot of times it's when patients have gone the conventional route and they have sought out their care and maybe um, have not gotten the results that they want or are not getting any better or don't have the answers, they will oftentimes turn to functional medicine practitioners because we tend to dig a little deeper. We tend to uh, look and study patients' uh, personal biochemistry, Mm -hmm. their personal genetics, trying to understand and unlock the reasons why they may not be getting better. And uh, there's so much more, but it is science-based. And it has been proven. There's studies that go along with it. And some of our major medical institutions in the United States, like the Cleveland Clinic, has actually a Department of Functional Medicine within it. Uh, Not all of medicine, uh, conventional uh, medicine, believes in it. uh, But a lot of it is due to lack of understanding. Mm -hmm. But again, some of the people who are in the institutions who are taking more of uh, an open-minded approach actually see it as being very helpful and helps to complete and give a better rounded picture to the conventional medicine that they are practicing. Gotcha. Thank you for explaining all that. That's fascinating. Um, all right. I don't want. I don't mean to do rapid fire, but I kind of want to get into some of the fun stuff that we that I want to either debunk or you guys can tell me if it has a shred of truth to it. So, you know, oftentimes if people have a stuffy nose or a sore throat and they're scrolling, they might look for like a home remedy, you know, to make them feel better. Um, there's a TikTok trend where people will put garlic cloves up their nose because they think it's a safe way to clear nasal passages. Now, I'm a mom of two. I don't put things up your nose, right? That's like, (laughs) that's what I would tell my kids all the time. Is there a shred of truth to this? Like, have you guys heard of this before? I actually had to look this up because I I wasn't familiar with this. Um, 
And the videos look very bizarre. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> and it looks like it seems to work. Wow. Um, but what the truth behind it is, garlic itself has very you know pungent and strong smell. Yeah. And when you clog your nose with garlic clove, it will irritate your nose lining and it will create more mucus. Okay. So when you take that out, it's going to look like you're draining a lot of mucus out of your nose, but... I'm not sure if that's clearing your nostril. Right, right, okay. So what can we do? Is there anything we can do to clear our nasal passages at home? Yeah, it makes you wonder where that trend came from originally. You know, <laughs> Who was home trying to? The, the actual origin <laughs> right. of that. Because, you know, at least uh, from a, a nutritional standpoint, garlic has been, is well studied and has tremendous health benefits as a, as a nutrition as uh, a nutrient, and it does have um, chemical properties that actually boost your immune system. Mm -hmm. That has been clinically shown over and over again. So it's recommended by nutritionists that you know a diet rich in garlic is good for you uh, in many ways and can help boost your immune system and thus help with possible uh, keeping your cold symptoms at a minimum or possibly avoiding colds. So it makes you wonder, well, if they saying, well, if garlic's good, I'll just shove it up my nose. <laughs> uh, that makes you begin to wonder about that. So uh, the origin of it, it would be interesting to find out. But the actual science is that, yeah, garlic is a great nutrient. Okay. Hey, fair enough. So while we're on the topic of garlic, let's talk about olive oil. Okay, there is if you drink olive oil, um, not just cook with it, but drink it, there is a health, really health, a lot of health benefits to that. Is that is that true? I think it comes from olive oil having a lot of like monosaturated fats. And I do offer my patients uh, rather cook with olive oil instead of butter and stuff mm -hmm. like that, like plant based oil. Um, I wonder if it comes from that. And there's also no anti-inflammatory effect of olive oil. Okay. Um, but drinking olive oil itself, I think it could also potentially be adding effect of, you know, adding your cholesterol level to your body. I don't know. Do, do you know more about it, Dr. Kimsey? Yeah, with a lot of these trends that seemingly sound good, I mean, garlic is natural. Olive oil is natural. You know, where's the tipping point uh, with all of this? Where do you go from just good nutrients to possibly too much of a good thing is mm -hmm. a bad thing. And Dr. Lee is absolutely right. Olive oil is just, as it has been well studied. It's full of nutrients, great uh, healthy oils, um, minerals and vitamins, and it's got antioxidants, a lot of good things. So kind of makes you wonder if people think the more the better. Sure. Uh, but the, the current guidelines are about one or two tablespoons a day incorporated into your diet is good. I don't know what the trend is saying, how much to drink. Does anybody know? No, I don't. But I have a feeling it's more than a tablespoon at mm -hmm. a time. Yeah, but <laughs> about one or two in a, in a person's diet daily will usually give you the, the needed benefits. And that's that's one of the things about nutrition. Sometimes we, we people will tend to think, oh, the more the better when actually that can work uh, against you. Yeah, that's true. And it kind of also brings up, you know, copious amounts of aloe vera juice, celery juice, like these green power drinks are just a cure-all. Again, might have added health benefits, but is it something that people should look at as a quick fix to fix their problems? It can be a little scary, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They need to go to a physician to see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although those things sound very healthy. So do you think it could do harm if they're drinking it or consuming it in, in vast quantities? So... 
the example you just gave us, like celery juice and those power mm-hmm. juice, they have components of minerals and vitamins that, and even fibers that yeah. could be helpful and that would help with your bowel movement daily. I think that's mainly what they're consuming for. Right. Um, gut health is like another big thing on social media. But again, like in moderate amount, everything could be helpful to you, but in excessive, anything could be harmful. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. You know, there's also a trend of different sort of diet lifestyles. Um, I forget the name of it, but it's like all you eat is red meat, salt, and water. Is that the carnivore diet? That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. I, I can't eat butter and, and meat all day long. But right. w- is there any truth to that health-wise for the long term? It just seems so extreme. There are some concerns yeah. about it because they're you're leaving so many other nutrients off the table. Right. Uh, literally. Uh, you are not consuming um, a lot of the good uh, nutrients, vitamins, minerals, what we call phyto or plant-based nutrients that are in plants. And this mm-hmm. is a carnivore diet. That's totally off the table. So I don't know how they supplement with that and it's probably like many of the other diets it, it comes in various um levels and trends and variations within that carnivore diet but mm-hmm. i think the um the consensus is among some of the expert nutritionists is it's probably not the best thing long term mm-hmm. for you yeah um gut health gut health is a big topic have you guys ever heard that eating papaya seeds in vast quantities helps with gut health i personally have not heard it um i had to look up when I was preparing for this podcast, I looked up social media health trends and it was one of the things that popped up. Oh, okay. And they literally just get a spoonful of papaya seeds and drizzle honey and swallow those seeds. And I'm not sure what it does. And I also saw that it helps for animals that it gets rid of parasites and stuff. And I could only imagine the fibers in the seeds could help remove the bowels and maybe parasites come with it yeah but i'm not sure if papaya seed itself is doing all this all the effects i thought the same thing dr lee the papaya seeds are rich in fiber and i was wondering well where did they get on that trend yeah if you have uh if you're forced in many cases to evacuate your bowels in a in a, a kind of a significant way yeah you might flush out some parasites and some worms that might be there and that's visible and so they go ah this is the great cure so again like the the olive oil and the garlic papaya seeds have been shown to have fiber a lot of people do eat them Mm -hmm. they're full of uh, nutrients and vitamins and minerals and uh, a lot of good things but again how much yeah exactly um so gosh it's tough so how do you differentiate you know trustworthy at-home remedies like papaya seeds and celery juice mixes and things from the unsafe sort of hacks and how can we protect ourselves from this onslaught of information i think that uh a lot of these hacks unless they're just really bizarre probably they come from they might have nuggets of truth in them like the health benefits of garlic not again not up your nose but yes there are health benefits of garlic are papaya seeds good apparently they are and is olive olive oil good yes it is those those things have been proven and so i think people tend to want um, the magic bullet the silver bullet that will cure everything let me just do one thing and it will take care of everything and so they begin to believe in their mind that doing this one thing will be the cure-all and that um, maybe practicing it to extreme will really cause things to happen a lot quicker mm-hmm. and get me to my, my health goal better. 
And then you'll always find people who say, yes, it did. And, uh, you know, we call that anecdotal evidence. You know, it's just one person or a couple of people. But is it really a large studied trend? And has it been well documented and well verified and tested and studied? And so, uh, again, there are probably, for some of these, little nuggets of truth hidden. But it's all about balance, Mm -hmm. in my experience. Dr. Lee, what do you think? Um, in my opinion, I think this all comes from this connect between the expert knowledge to community experiences. So even for, for me looking up restaurants, I go to Google and sure. then I go to Instagram and then look for, you know, restaurants around this area. And then I can look up, you know, true people's experience photos and, um, you know, reviews of restaurants and stuff. So I think that these social health trends also kind of stem off of that so i think it's really important as doctors um to educate our patients how to look up these informations right or reliable sources do you guys in your practices talk about other um remedies or something other than medication if it's a safe thing to do i I just feel like there has been a shift maybe away from the pharmaceutical approach with with patients and more towards a holistic, maybe quote unquote, natural approach. Do you guys see that in your practices as well? Uh, well, uh, yeah, even, uh, yes, even when I was practicing traditional family medicine, um, you know, I tried to keep an open mind, uh, because, um, we, we really don't know everything. And if you look, if you follow conventional medicine, you'll see the trends, what was gospel, Five years ago has been debunked mm-hmm. and has been shown by their own people uh, who've researched that that really wasn't true. So keep an open mind is, is, um, is very good, both as practitioners and as patients. And, uh, you know, people do, uh, there is a growing trend of wanting to live healthy and wanting to do things naturally. And uh, I think that's a, that's a wonderful thing, but it all gets down to balance, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're approaching things conventionally or from a more holistic, there there are things in each um, camp mm-hmm. that are tremendously beneficial. There are things in each camp that may be um, overly hyped. It can be overly hyped even in conventional medicine, especially with the, the advertising by by pharma. And so a lot of people think, well, that, that'll be my cure-all right. to take this medication, this prescribed medication. May not be true. So it all gets down to balance. And so I always encourage um, the residents as I work with uh, to have a balanced approach to things, to keep your eyes and ears open, listen to your patients, um, have a, a heart of learning, mm-hmm. but also teach your patients as well to have... Um, to keep balance and to know where to go and look for good sources. Mm-hmm. Great. So one tool um, we can use is uh, Google Scholar. You can just, so if you look up an article and then if you want to see if that's validated source, you could just type the title in the under Google Scholar and see if it's listed on there. A oh. lot of times, I don't think you'll have access to the article, but you could see if this was evidence-based oh, article. So did, Google uh, Scholar is evidence-based. Yeah. Oh, good to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. What are some of the more unconventional treatments um, that patients have come to you to talk about? I have a, a couple. I was thinking about this. Uh, I still remember to this day this uh, gentleman who has um, oh, a, a laundry list of medical problems and probably one of the healthiest, unhealthiest lifestyles that I know of. 
And he came in beaming one day to my office and he basically said, I have found the cure for my diabetes and it seems to be working. And it's basically eating bell peppers. And I wasn't eating bell peppers only, but basically large amounts of bell peppers throughout the day. Okay. And I asked him, I said, well, is it working for you? And he, he couldn't give me any evidence because he wasn't the best at monitoring his blood sugars. But he says, I seem like I'm feeling better. Uh, well, that trend as best as I can recall lasted, uh, you know, a couple of months. Last time I saw him and the next time I saw him after that visit was I asked him, well, how's the, how's the bell pepper diet working for you? And he, he says, oh, I, I don't do that anymore. Um, that's a, at least from a nutritional standpoint. And then um, one thing that I've encountered being here in the South is uh, this is not necessarily something you take, but it is a practice that you may still find being done is conjuring, oh. conjuring your warts off. Really? or buying somebody's warts. And so it's more of a spiritual kind what? of a belief or practice that comes out of Appalachia. And um, a lot of, uh, well, I should say a fair number of patients, uh, at least a half a dozen over the years came in and said, Doc, you remember that wart I had on my, pa- my hand or wherever? I had it conjured off. I, it's a uh, conjuring that's apparently a gift that's passed on in families. And, um, and through a practice that I'm not quite certain of, and, and I understand it varies in many ways, uh, the person will conjure off or they will, there's some kind of transaction of money where they will buy your wart or you have somebody do uh, calling purchasing your wart or whatever your problem is and the issue will go away. And I have several people that just swear by it and they said it worked. That's fascinating. Oh, my goodness. How do you top that, Dr. Lee? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, the most interesting encounter I had was actually yesterday. I had a patient. Um, she was taking some algae gels in her smoothie to, with the goal of coming off of her diabetes medicine and blood pressure medicine. Okay. Um, so I talked to her a little bit about you know what resources to look at for health benefits, and she was telling me that she knows how to look at good resources because Dr. Kimsey one time told her to stay away from WebMD. Oh, look at that. (laughs) That is awesome. That is awesome. Okay, this this information is so fascinating. Let's talk a little bit about what does work. What sort of home remedies actually do work? Let's talk about that. Um, I actually recommend the saltwater gargling for sore throat. Um, we actually also recommend mint tea for IBS oh, as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Aloe vera gel for um, a burn or a sunburn. Mm-hmm. That's been known for, gosh, seems like millennia. And so a lot of people kept aloe vera plants at home. I remember as a boy doing, my mother had it and I would put it on and certainly did relieve pain. You go to the store now, you'll see aloe vera gel for sunburn and right. things like that. Uh, charcoal, uh, charcoal remedies. Uh, it's used in uh, some in conventional medicine, but we also can use it for um, wounds. And it's used in wound care, uh, in the field of wound care, but you can also use it at home if you know how to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are, those are a couple of good examples. Yeah, chicken soup. I mean, it does mm-hmm. make me feel better. It does. It does. What about some of the nasal washes that we see? Those work pretty well? Those are always recommended, and we actually do it a lot at the hospital, too, when patients are congested. Okay, good. Yeah, it's a standby in our house. Okay, right, (laughs) I bet. So um, we're running a little bit out of time, but let's talk about what do you want to tell our patients about all of the stuff that's out there? What's that nugget of advice we can give them? I would think of one word, balance. Mm -hmm. 
Um, make sure take every advice in balance. Um, do your research. Look for good sources. There are good sources of information, but remember there are um, um, keep your mind open to as a, as practitioners to open to different things. But as patients, um, yes, don't wholesale go with just one thing. A lot of things you may hear probably do have nuggets of truth, but it's all about balance and you just have to do your due diligence. Right. Very good. Thank you, Dr. Lee. Um, one thing I would suggest is um, maybe run by your doctors and ask them what they think about it because sometimes random foods can also interact with other medications you're taking. Oh, yes. Great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ask your doctors. Yes. Exactly. Great advice. Thank you so much to you both. I really appreciate your time. This was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And we'll see you next time on Health Perspectives Podcast. Take care. <laughs>